Good morning. T today I will be talking about what I think our students should be focusing on this school year. As we obviously have to go to school, it's something we've got to do. But you know, it's not always the greatest. It's not always fun because especially as Christians, I feel it's difficult to go to a place where everybody does not like those things that we like and they have differing opinions on most everything. And it's very difficult. I think verse three of Luke 10, which was read earlier, it says, now go and remember, I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. I feel like that kind of is what it's like for us. Obviously, these kids at school are not trying to kill us like wolves would be to lambs, but they are very different from us and not like people we're like. And I feel like the youth group are other lambs that are like us because obviously there are good people at school also. There are good people here, there are good people there, but the youth group, I feel like we are very good at encouraging others in our youth group to be more godly and deepen our relationships with him. And this reminds me of Romans 15:2, which says, we should help others to do what is right and build them up in the Lord. And we do a very good job of doing that. But at school, it's not quite the same. But why shouldn't it be like that at school? Well, first of all, not many of them, at people at school are Christians. And even if they are, they don't show it. But I'm thinking this year, we should show the people at school who we really are by showing, we start by showing God's love to people. It doesn't even have to be anything big. It can be small things, like just helping people with their schoolwork, holding the door for them, or even just responding nice to people when they're not nice to you. Or if you've had a long day and you're just tired of everything, just keep a smile on your face. You know, if you start acting like this, people will be curious as to why you're acting like that because not many people in school act like this and then you can share your faith with them. And then in today's day and age, not many people have great views on Christianity. So this might even be the first positive view of Christianity that these people see. And they might come to know God through your small acts of love. So that all might take a while to do. But until that happens, you should Remember Matthew 22, 37 through 39. Some of you might know this verse. It says, Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So as it's saying, you should love God and love people. So as you go back to school, you should love people. Well, you can keep coming here and we'll encourage each other to love God more. But when you go to school, I encourage you to love the people there and start by showing God's love to them because you could be the only way they see a good view on Christianity. So Sophie comes up with a pencil and paper and the old guy shows up with technology. I feel like these roles have been switched. Good job, Sophie. Uh, wait, where's Sophie at? There you are. You did a really, really good job. You stole a little bit of my, my thunder here, but 
He did a great job. I think we're on the same page. Every year when we're starting the school year off, the conversation with teachers uh, focuses on their purpose and why they're here. We have a very broad span of students that we see uh, every school year. Some need us, some don't really need us that much. Uh, I often talk about this idea of our students reaching the troubled waters, that, that reaching this span that they cannot cross on their own, and the teacher's role in helping them cross that span. Very selfishly, what we want to do is be a boat. We want to be a boat, and we pile all of our kids in, and we row them to the other side of whatever that trial or trouble is in their world, and maybe take a little bit of that glory with us as we get them across, and then we paddle back, and we grab another boat full, and we bring them across. The reality is, as teachers, we are a stone to be stepped on. And um, the reason I say that is because we don't often get to see that. We get them for a year. If you teach seventh grade, you get them for the seventh grade year. If you teach ninth grade, you get them for the ninth grade year. Uh, if you're lucky enough to teach our seniors, then you, kinda, you get to see them cross over, hopefully, past those, those troubled waters. It's not a very glorious place to be in from the outside looking in, sometimes not even for ourselves, because we don't get that satisfaction of seeing it to fruition. But it's a very honorable role. In today's world, uh, you know, teachers get it from all angles. They get it from parents, administrators. They get it from other teachers. Um, we've got to remain positive and remain, how would you say this, remain satisfied in our honorable and humbling role as educators. So how do you do that? How do you stay motivated? First, every day you need to be the best that you can be. Every day you wake up and understand that your role is one of the most important roles in our society today. Love your students, love all your students by treating them with dignity and respect. Knowing that they come from different backgrounds, but knowing for us as educators, our goal is the same, to help them be successful. Encouraging others. This can be very difficult. This can be very difficult to wake up in the morning, head to work, and know that you're going to be piled on with challenges, but it is your job to be the positive light for others. That makes it selfless. That's what makes the role, I think, so honorable, is no matter how you wake up and meet the day, it's your job to help someone else have that good, Jeremiah was that for me, where's Jeremiah, is he in here, or is he wandering around, hey, this guy, I was out there getting a drink of water, and he's like, you are going to do a great job today, and I was like, yes I am, I don't really feel like I'm going to, but I appreciate that, thank you, and Jeremiah had to prepare for his whole day already, yet for me, he was my positive light prior to coming up here, thank you Jeremiah, love you buddy. Seeking God's wisdom through difficult times. You know, we're going to refer back to our scripture uh, where he tells them the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Am I in the right spot? Yes, I'm in the right spot. Lord of the harvest, therefore, send out workers to his harvest field. Go, I am sending you, and this is the important part, Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. And Sophie read that, and that is scary, Sophie. What can be even scarier is that he tells you, don't take a purse or a bag or sandals. It feels as though he's sending us off unprepared. 
It feels, and, and listen, I wake up every morning, and, and for those of you who don't know, I'm, I'm the principal of a middle school, so I'm amongst the wolves, those teenagers. I got two in my house right now. I wake up next to them every day, right? So every morning I wake up anxious for the day, and my very first response is to pray to the good Lord above and say, listen, I don't know what's coming, and sometimes I do know what's coming, but I need your strength to get me through the day. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals. That doesn't mean he sends us unprepared, though, does it? If you're a teacher, make sure that you are exhibiting the fruit every day. And there you go. That's what we've got in our belt, the fruit of the Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. So to Sophie's point, which was great, I don't know that we are called to go out and wield our sword all the time. Oftentimes, our influence is in our day-to-day interaction in the micro, not in the macro. Oftentimes, it's an opportunity to be that stone to be stepped on for that student who's going through something difficult. It gets them to the next part of their day, of that hour, you know, maybe to that evening, Make sure that you are exhibiting those fruits, teachers, each and every day. What makes you a Christian is that you exhibit them when you don't want to. You're putting others in front of your own interests. It's very easy to wake up and and be filled with complaints. It's one of the things that I think I struggle with the most sometimes in the attitude towards education is it's not hard to find complaints. It's not hard to be upset about things. It's very difficult, though, to put those in the back and put the students up front. One of the quotes I have on my whiteboard in my office is, children are in tune to uninspired people. They know it. I look at these kids right here. They can name a teacher that they've had in the course of their education that they could tell didn't want to be there. They know it. So make sure every day when you get up, you say your prayers, you take the fruit with you, and you head to school, and you inspire your kids, and you know that the payoff is long-term. I'm going to tell you a quick story about a a kid that I have had a few years ago. It was actually my first year of teaching. Um, Came from a very rough background, just struggled in every facet of life. I mean, just just getting to school, completing school. We got them into athletics. One of the funniest stories about this kid, they were a really good runner. We were at our first track meet in the middle school. Uh, Her race is about to start. She didn't know it. She's got a bottle of Coke and her jacket's still on. And we're like, hey, get to the start line, get to the start line. So she's like, oh, she, I see her run to the start line. So then I kind of make my way to the start line. I get to the start line and she's on the track, still with her Coke, drinking her Coke with her jacket on. The starter says, on your mark. And, you know, she's doing nothing. I'm like, what are we doing? And then he goes, set, and arm goes up. And she's still, I'm like, get rid of your Coke. What are you doing? And then bang, the gun goes off. She she does this. She goes, what was that? I'm like, that was your race. What are you doing? Go. (laughs) Throws her Coke onto the football field. She's tearing her jacket off as she's running. Comes through in first place, you know, because she's just that kid. God love her. Okay. But just so not in tune with anything around her. Um, I got an invite, personal invite from her actually uh, last week to come to her graduation party. This being thrown by her teachers, teachers who, who were the next stone that I couldn't be. Uh, they had recently gone and bought a car 
with the help of some of her teachers who were the next stone that I, I couldn't be in her world. Um, she's got a brother in prison, another brother who's in prison for murder, two other brothers who aren't in school anymore. And she made it to this segment of her race. And, and I, I hope that it just continues, but it only continues if someone else is there to pick her up. She's going to, to school to junior college. My hope and prayer is there's somebody there that takes her on to the next part of her journey. And at some point, somebody's got to interject some Jesus in her life. Probably already has, but that's my hope uh, for that student. All right, so next on, parents. You know, this is, this is a role that I deal with every single day. Um, and, and the role as an administrator in a building, um, it's my job to kind of help put out fires and help inspire people and do all these other different things, which is, it's a great role. But oftentimes, the, you see very clearly the fruit of whatever tree they fell from, okay? Our job as Christian parents is to make sure that we're raising Christian students. I love seeing this group of kids here in the front. Let them see the joy and trust in your faith. This is something that can be very difficult because um, we're dealing with the real world on a different level than our, than our kids are. Please make sure that through your difficulty, you're still instilling those Christian truths into your children. Prepare to answer those tough questions. This is really hard in my house right now with two middle school girls. I, I try not to defer everything to Jesse, every question that comes down the, down the pipe. You know, you have to be confident in your faith. You have to be willing to have those conversations and those tough conversations with your kids with a solid biblical foundation so that they can take that and carry that into their school day, Sophie, because as you said, we don't get to see the world through your lens like we used to. And the world is much different uh, than when Keaton was in middle school, okay? It's just not the same, all right? So having those conversations, discussing with your children their day, truly caring about what's going on in their world. Oh, let's see. It's probably one of the more important ones, and it's my last point for parents and my charge to you, is care for and be the light for your students, teacher and for your students' school. There are so many people and businesses investing in schools. I get emails from them every single day. You know, wouldn't it be great if I could come into your school and sell this? Wouldn't it be great if your kids would do this under this organization's, you know, uh, coverage? Parents should hold the highest percentage of investment in their schools, meaning get involved and be there. Listen, chaperoning a middle school dance is not the most fun thing to do in the world. Trust me, I'm at every single one. But being there seeing who your kids are around, seeing who their friends are, putting names with faces of kids who might need help that you wouldn't otherwise notice. If you spotted them in, in the line at Walmart and their family was short on cash, what an opportunity for you to be a light for them in that moment. With, with the, the decisions that are made once a month at school board meetings, it's great for you to be there and be involved and know what's going on. Be the Jeremiah for your student's teacher. Tell them they're going to have a great day and send them a, a Starbucks gift card or a Target gift card or something to lighten up their day. Because at this point in the year, when we are days away from the start of school for many, the anxiety and stress is high. Swing by my house. 
I will show you what it's all about, okay? It, it really is high, and it's high because teachers like my wife, Jessica, wanna make sure that your kindergartner gets the best, most caring, most loving experience they can get on their first day of school. She wants to do the best job she can do for her principal and her students and her parents. And it, it comes from the most honorable and loving place. So make sure that you're taking your job seriously as parents and being involved and being supportive of the teachers in your kids' world. All right? All right, happy school year. Thanks, Jake. If you thought you were the old man coming up here but with the technology, I'm sorry. I, uh, I, could, I, I never figured out how to put that on my phone yet. I don't, I don't know. But, uh, I can't help but think of Jake uh, when he was like this high, uh, being in his home with uh, Sergio and Cindy and uh, just watching him grow up as a young man. And I tell you, uh, Jake, I've watched you mature in so many ways and have been just astounded at the ability you have to connect with people, particularly young people. And uh, you, you talk about God putting you in the place that you need to be. Uh, I am thankful that you are a middle school principal and uh, working with those, uh, those kids. Uh, and uh, appreciate that so much about, about you. And Sophie, what a great job. I tell you, i uh, just so thrilled when I see these young people step up and share their faith, share their thoughts, share the things that are on their heart. And uh, it is so encouraging to think about um, just how fortunate we are as a church to have such a strong group of, of kids that really want to, to know about Jesus and want to know how to follow him better. And uh, it's so encouraging. And I don't want to take that for granted. And um, that's what we're here about today, is to realize that we have such a great gift from God in these children of ours, and we have, um, I think, a great responsibility to uh, do everything that we can as a church to encourage them and lift them up. I was encouraged just as an example yesterday. Um, I was surprised to find out that uh, Isabella Hennigan fixed supper for me and my family and uh, went over and picked it up and took it home and ate it, and it was bussin' bussin'. <laughs> it was good. <laughs> and I appreciate that. I just wanted to embarrass him all here. You know, my, my earliest memories as a child I, I don't know if you guys think about that very often, but I, I, you know, you have a lot of memories, but there's a lot that you, you just don't remember or forgot or just whatever. But, you know, if you think about in our earliest childhood, the impact of things that, you know, the, the things that were very impactful to you on your life, you remember them, you know, and they, and they sort of stay there, you know, and, and you carry them forward. And I can realize that as a very young child, I really knew nothing. I was probably the definition of a blank slate, you know. Was, you know, it, and, and 
that is the truth for our kids. As, we, as they grow up in our homes, they're a blank slate, and we are imprinting on them continually. And the things that we do as parents, the, the friends that we have, the, where we live, the schools we go to, things like that, these are things that are input into the development of each of us. Now, I was fortunate. I had probably the greatest mom and dad in the world, just unbelievable Christian parents. They taught my brothers and my sister and I um, so much. They sacrificed so much for us. Uh, they were a tremendous, if not the largest influence on me in my life. But there was some of the greatest influences on me growing up really came from other men and women with whom I had connection. And that might have been uh, from teachers at school. You know, there were teachers that, that were very special to me over the course of my education that had great impact on me. Um, may have been my relatives, aunts, uncles, cousins. They all had an input into to my life as well and had great influence on me as I grew up. Some were neighbors, you know, in the neighborhood that we got close to and, and grew up with. Uh, had great influences on my life. But most were men and women with whom I had a connection here at this church. My family um, and I moved here when I was about 12 years old, 11 or 12, somewhere around there, very formative years. Um, and if we had time, I could just give you example after example of uh, specifics of what I learned through the example of these people, lessons that they taught me on how to serve, on how to love, how to worship. And these are real people. I think, you know, Mary and Charlie Prevere and Neil and Glenda Anderson and Barb and Rich Dolan, um, Dean and Jan Patrick, uh, Charlie and Doris White, uh, Ray and Polly Farmer, on and on. There's just many, many families that I remember growing up that had very specific positive influences on my life. These and many more, they, they acknowledged me, no matter what my age, they acknowledged me, they loved me, they invited me into their families, they taught me, and it was all very intentionally. It was things that they wanted to do because we were a family. They had their own families, but that never stopped them. I mean, it was, it was just part of, of what happened, you know, in this bigger family. The point is that I think that the church, that you and me, play a very vital and very essential role in the growth and development of all of our families, of all of our children. They're going to be taught. They're going to be influenced, whether we participate or not. As Jake said, they're surrounded daily by things that can be very positive, but then also be very negative. So I believe that we need to make sure as a church that we're doing everything that we can to be sure that we are doing our part to influence them in their walk with Christ. And, um, and that's what I want to charge us this morning as a church to do.
Debbie and I have experienced this personally just in our lives with our kids. Countless families in this church over the years have meant so much to us in the raising of our kids and still mean so much to those kids, to our kids in their lives today. And it's just so important to realize the power that we have to be able to make that kind of influence and that kind of effect on the lives of the children that we deal with all the time here at McKnight Crossings. So I wanna charge us as a church to pray about this, to really think about ways that we can be an encouragement to the kids from the cradle roll all the way through high school and college. And as a part of inviting them into our families and as a part of encouraging them in their successes, you know, comforting them in their, their challenges and their loss, whatever it is that we be there with them, with that family to help in every way that we can. And I think God blesses that. And God, you know, not only encourages it, but he, I think he expects that from us as a church because we are a family. Look around and just see all the young people. Just, again, I'm just amazed and just watching all these kids grow up here and just seeing the changes in their life and how important it is to, to have the right influences. Because like I said, there's plenty of bad influences out there as well that are is vying for that same position in their life. And we have to be strong and we have to be, uh, again, intentional about it in our walk. So I'd like to close this morning with just a prayer, just that this church will rally around our youth in every way possible, that we'll take advantage of every opportunity to encourage, to teach, uh, to love, to serve in every way that we can to, to help our, our children. Oh, absolutely. Have all, why don't all the kids come up, all the kids that are here, in here? <laughs> Wait, do you ask them the tutorial? Come on up. You memorized it. You went in your room and you practiced it. good. Now, isn't that a good-looking group? Will you stand with me and let's pray together? Lord God, you are a great God. Blessed us beyond what we can imagine. We're thankful for the children that you have blessed us with. And Father, more than anything else, we want them to know you and to follow you. I'm grateful for their hearts that seek you. I pray that you'll continue to encourage them, bless them, protect them, wrap yourself around them, Lord, as they go into this world every day. Pray as they start back to school that they will do that enthusiastically, seeking to learn, seeking to make new friends. And Father, I just pray that as Sophie said so well, you know, that to take every opportunity they can to show your love, whether it be to, to 
say hello, to open a door, to help with homework, whatever it is, Lord, I just pray that you'll encourage them to reach out with your love. And we know that you will protect them and that you will encourage them. And as a congregation here, Father, we want to do everything we can to bring success to these young people. We pray that you'll help us to see opportunities to serve and to help and to teach and uh, guide. Grateful for all the teachers, principals that we have in this congregation that serve so well in trying to do your will in their work in teaching these children. Help us to be an encouragement to them as well. Thank you for today and the focus that we can have on our children as they go back to school. And again, we ask your very special blessing and protection on them. And it's in Jesus' name where we pray. Amen.